The Gong Show. <laughs> real, uh, a real uh, game show or just a chance to show off crazy people? 100% real. So, yeah, it's uh, sort of a game show, sort of not, but what a, what a genius show. idea. Well, you I, know what it was? It's America's Not Got Talent. <laughs> Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive celebration. I am Brett Hatfield, and you're not. I'm here with our engineer and co-host, Mr. Catfish Groves. Hello. And the evil genius of Craving Cars on YouTube, Mr. Corey Pratt. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in beautiful, frozen Overland Park, Kansas. Ah, yes, the long mm-hmm. wasteland. Oh, God. Dark winter sucks. is here. <laughs> you know, winter sucks for nobody as much as it sucks for people who own motorcycles <laughs> and fun cars. And fun cars, yeah. 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 And you got a motorcycle, you got a fun car, I got both. This stinks. <laughs> Indeed. Damn it. So, someone actually was posted this on, on social media. They take a picture, yeah. you know, of their outside. Goes, where did this come from? And I just kind of was like, um, winter? Galveston. Yeah. It's funny. I'm, I'm heading toward 57, uh-huh. and I've suddenly realized why old people go to warm places. Yeah, no It's kidding. starting to look really damned appealing. <laughs> ah, my knees won't bend. Yeah. <laughs> ah, but it feels good outside. Oh, Hello. Yeah. socks everywhere. I rule, baby. <laughs> you can find us Excellent. online at DrivenRadioShow.com, ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen, here's the list, baby. On iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Pod News, iHeartRadio, Acast, Overcast, Neighbors, <laughs> Acast, the cast of Mash. I don't know. Under it's cast. all out there. Casting Couch, Lake Cast, Armcast. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Any place you listen to find podcasts, you will find us. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell your gearhead friends if there's something you would like us to you would like us to talk about or something you want to hear more of, someone you think we ought to interview, tell us. For the love of God, tell us. You can mm-hmm. reach us at well, you can email us at Brett at readthedriven.com. All right, guys, it's been a couple weeks. We took a break for Christmas. Yeah. We had time. It only took my uh, wife and daughter two whole days to take down all the Christmas crap in our house. Did you notice how empty it seemed? Oh, it's weird. That was my first comment. I came in, and and that little front table that Rhonda always has so nicely decorated was empty, and I'm like, something's missing in my life now. Did they get robbed? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like, what, what, what? And, and I'm looking, you know, into your living room here, and there's not all the festive stuff up, up on your mantelpiece, and it's just, it's weird. It feels like, uh, it feels like Hallmark repossessed everything in the house. <laughs> so all the stuff is gone. Did you guys do anything in cars, motorcycles, all that good stuff? You've had a couple weeks. Uh, actually, I have. Um, as a matter of fact, besides a couple little joy rides because it was nice enough before the stupid cold, uh, yeah, you no know, kidding. snowy thing hit. Um, I did actually go out and I even threw a little video out for this. Um, so there's a video out on, on Craving Cars on YouTube um, for a little charity run thing. Uh, the, oh, cool, the, cool. the automobile reindeer run that we did with the the Rides for Hope KC and the Darren Cherry Foundation and Camp Quality. They did some really cool stuff for some families in need with kids with some major medical issues yeah. and gave them yeah. a very, very nice Christmas. It was really fun. We got together with some really nice cars. Kansas City Exotic Club, you know, showed us a lot of the cool cars. So the Porsche kind of fit in there pretty good. Um, although it wasn't necessarily part of the, the initial reindeer run, like a uh, parade part because I was kind of trailing and getting video done and then zoomed way in front of them and got more video and they let you come. So along. yeah, yeah it's kind of let me fit in there. So it, that was fun. It was actually, well, man, it was like 50 degrees that day too. So it was a good day to do it. Yeah. And then the next day, it wasn't. (laughs) Not so much. It dropped a good 25 degrees or so. Every bit of that. At least. I I know that because Mrs. Claus and I (laughs) were dressed up in the old Corvette and led a very small parade 
to a family's house that was in need and the kids had some serious medical issues and God love them. We had members of Gardner's American Legion riders post 19 riding motorcycles behind us. (laughs) <laughs> 20 degrees <laughs> out, wind <laughs> was whipping, and these guys are riding and blowing snow. Oh, man. <laughs> I, that is, hardcore, tough human beings until we got to the pizza joint and everybody had to be warmed up slowly and thawed out. And Good grief. It we was need hot pizza and cold beer to warm so up. So stinking cold. Hallelujah. <laughs> it was way cold. But we got to do no, okay. the Santa and Mrs. Claus and go drop stuff off for this family. Hey, I've seen pictures with you guys in the vet with the, with that top down like that. It looks so cool. The other fun car-related thing that's happening now, and Dad, I love you, and I love doing this with you every day. It's just kind of odd that we're doing this. My old man has turned into a bring-a-trailer junkie. Oh, yeah, you've, you've told before that. And it's at his least two, addiction. three times a day and maybe more, we're having conversations about cars that are coming to the end of the auction, saying, hey, that's kind of cool, that'd be fun. <laughs> and, well, you know, we could fix that, but I'm not sure that this is what... Earlier this week, the old man was looking at a, a 70 Corvette convertible yellow Black interior, white soft top, 454, 390 horse. Howdy. Man. Yeah. And uh, we looked at that and we talked about that pretty much for a while. And he was was digging that. And then today we were looking at a 64 red Corvette with a white interior and a couple of old Mercedes because he needs another Mercedes convertible. And just, he's kind of having fun on bring a trailer and i'm having a lot of fun talking to him about it and we've had car conversations before but not lots of them and now we're having them every day and i'm really liking it it's a lot of fun well that is really so cool. kind of enjoyable so but, to uh, connect with the old man yeah he's 77 and he's buying corvettes so. <laughs> <laughs> god love him i really set the bar dad really <laughs> been enjoyable right. now i know what i need to be doing hey mr motorcycle sir what, uh yeah. What, what'd you get? What are you doing? What have you found out about your new bike? Well, uh, you know, I, I read the entire owner's manual uh, shortly after buying it. And I've what, I've taken it out of, not taken it out onto the street, mind you, because I don't have a license for it. But I have taken it out and, and let it ran, run for a while, 10, okay, 15 minutes. Okay, you're showing 100% more restraint than any other new motorcycle owner ever has. Well, there was the other half of that, too. The main reason I haven't is because if I did, my wife would beat me to death. I, okay, uh, okay, that's good. But... I, uh, what was it, uh, uh, the the Christmas weekend? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go out and get that helmet because I talked to a place here in town, Cycle, uh, what was it? Cycle, Cycle Gear. Cycle Gear. And I went there, and, and super cool people. And so I was like, all right, I, I was trying to find a specific helmet, but they had one there that fit me well, et cetera. And they wrote, he even wrote it all down for me, which is cool. So I finally went back and said, okay, let's let's just go ahead and get this. And they were like, gone. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> Oh, like, son uh, of, of a course. bitch. So uh, I ended up getting the one that I actually wanted. I, I went online and got it for, uh, quite honestly, about the same price that I would have paid for this other one that wasn't what I was looking for but would work well. Was it the one we talked about? Yeah. Okay, the, uh, cool. HJC CL Max 3 Dos XL for my big egg. And I just got it in today, and it was mash. Oh, my God. It just yeah. it's squeezing my head, yeah. squeezing my cheeks like a grandma on steroids. So like man. a it's fat like, cake ah! stuck in an elevator? I, yeah. And I, I have not felt that that kind of a hug from yeah. a helmet before. And the first, uh, the first half dozen times you wear it, it'll probably make your head ache. Yeah. Uh, it'll make you feel you know, like it's pushing on your forehead. Then it kind of molds to your head, and it's going to be the, exactly the fit you need. Yeah. And so. now I, uh, uh, I'll i be able to – of course, I won't be able to next two days because we got sleet and, and freezing yeah, rain coming. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'll be able to kind of go out on, on the bike in the street, well, you keep can, getting used to it, You can couch ride. You put on your helmet, and you straddle the <laughs> arm of the couch. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, yeah. You, and you watch motorcycle <laughs> movies on TV. That's, that's what I need her to take pictures of. Uh-huh. <laughs> you bet. Live it down? Yeah. No, not like Just get one of those riding bull things, but put some handlebars on it. <laughs> That would look like me. Ah, you ah. you got to put on that yellow Olympia jacket and your gloves and get all kitted out and 
sit there and watch TV. And I did order a, uh, a motorcycle magazine that a buddy of mine recommended because he's been writing for a bunch of years. And uh, we, we talked yesterday. Is it Ryder? It's funny. Uh, I'd have to look it up on Amazon. It was like 27 bucks. I'm like, done. Um, and it's about how to ride and, and the, oh, okay. you know, the, um, uh, all the mechanics behind it. But uh, he called me. Because he'd listened to, uh, he was listening, he drives a dump truck, was listening to uh, some uh, 80s uh, music at Alan Parsons Project. And right there in that one song was where it usually went with an eight track to switch tracks. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's weird that I remember it so well and there's only one person that would appreciate it in my life. And he called me. <laughs> and I'm like, you son of a bitch, you're not wrong. That's, that's amazing. That's you pretty know, awesome. It's amazing that you, you the 8-track lasted long enough for you to remember that. Because I had milk that lasted longer than 8-tracks did. Dude, I am I am looking for an outboard 8-track player that works. And I'm going to put it onto my, uh, onto my stereo downstairs. I've oh, got I my, got my old turntable. I'm going to put an 8-track on and I'm going to have some good old times. Just put it on your bike. Yeah, yeah, that's what I should do. Yeah, just <laughs> jink, bite your fork tongue with a single with a single speaker in the middle. Oh, hell's yeah! <laughs> I've had like enough a of you already. <laughs> Let's roll. That's, that's it. Well, uh, we got a lot of news to cover this week. There are some special Shelby's headed to an auction in Florida. A first generation Viper brings the big bucks. Hummer EV will soon be here. Hummer's going to do an SUV and a pickup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. And the SSC Tuatara takes another stab at getting the production car speed record. Our returning guest this week is Mr. John Craman. Anytime Meekum does a big sale, we're going to talk to John. John! And he's going to have a lot of cool stuff to tell us about. Uh, Meekum's largest sale of the year is coming up in Kissimmee, Florida next week. And a little later in the show, our special guest is Jeff Thisted. Uh, he'll be here to tell us about his love of game shows, of all things. <laughs> Hosting car shows on TV, driving all over the country in a 55 Chevy 210 wagon, and owning a famous Corvette. I'm so PO'd. Thisted owns a car that's more famous than any of us. <laughs> this guy oh yeah. oh yeah i'm gonna yeah. ask him questions <laughs> <laughs> all righty well uh carol shelby's own 427 cobra is going to be auctioned in january at the meekum auction in Kissimmee. we talked to peter clute about this a couple weeks ago and they're also going to have three thousand other cars crossing oh, the block my god wow the three okay thousand cars crossing the block during the 10 days of the auction was some damn impressive offerings uh of course shelby's uh, carol's uh 427 cobra will be there but also one of only 34 1965 shelby gt350 r uh competition models the fastback production r models mm -hmm. uh one of those will be there oh man you guys remember all the times mm. we've talked to Vern, they only made a handful of 65 Mustang uh, Shelby Mustang GT three fifties. Yeah, one of the R ones will be there. One of thirty four. Quite the rare. Sixty five Shelby GT three fifty fastback <laughs> PR car, the thirteenth car made. It shows only sixty nine hundred miles on the clock. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, no kidding. And then the only surviving nineteen fifty six Chevy El Morocco convertible. <laughs> and I just wrote an article on this thing a couple weeks ago. It's a. Uh, it ain't a Bel Air, and it ain't a Cadillac. It, it ain't quite right. It's the mashup. It's a mashup of the two. This guy got it in his head that he could make a poor man's caddy by starting with a Bel Air. And between 56 and 57, he made 42 of them. This 56 convertible, they think, is the only one surviving. The only convertible 56 surviving. It's like a guy put it together on Photoshop with great Photoshop skills, but not a lot of imagination. <laughs> it, so, was, it was. It's got that kind of odd back end that for, I don't know why it keeps making me think of a Pontiac. You just got to look at the darn thing on the Meekum website. Also, they've got a 1952 Ferrari 340 America, another super rare car. Mm. And wow. if you went down the list of all the cool stuff they had on the Meekum website, mm -hmm. they had a pair of 50s Mercedes 300 SLs, one oh. convertible, one gullwing. Oh, my God. Uh, they've got a, a super rare 63 Corvette 
Z06NO3. You guys aren't going to know what that is. It's a big tank model for competition. It had a 36-gallon gas tank in it. They only made oh, a handful. Dang. I just heard Z06, and I was, I was, I was there. Yeah, well, <laughs> a 63, a split one. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Was, hold, that the, was that the first year of the Z06? Like, uh, that, like and, the first time the Z06 came to light? Yes, yes it was. Okay. Uh, anyway, a yeah. uh, whole bunch of cool stuff, and we're going to be talking to John Craman about that in a minute. Neat. Nice. So super awesome. From classicmotorsports.com, uh 950 mile Dodge Viper. What a waste. Yeah. That's Made a long in, uh, Viper. 1992. <laughs> you funny. <laughs> you so funny. Uh 1992 Dodge Viper, number one concour condition. Uh perfect every single way, no flaws. Haggerty values it at seventy nine or seventy five nine. This didn't go for that. Bring a trailer shows an average a Viper of this vintage usually sells for around twenty thousand to forty thousand dollars. There are some, you know, that are a little sure. little bigger because they're uh, you know only ten thousand miles on it. This Viper with only, this one with only nine hundred fifty miles on it sold for a hundred ten thousand dollars. Sweet, and that's a lot. Of money. That's that's a chunk of change, and it it just to me it seems to be the the ongoing trend of oh that's a muscly ish muscle car. Done. Here's here's my money. Here's the thing on that. It only has 950 miles on it. It's absolutely mint in every way. It's a yeah. museum piece. Yeah, yeah. absolutely is. Aside from that, if you drive it, you ruin it. You know, you ruin the value. Yeah, if you use it, you lose it. Yeah, it's and 28 years old. I'll bet you that thing needs every seal and hose and everything. Yeah, because it's been driven. It needs to keep. Yeah, all that stuff needs to keep been, heated up. Every it's so all dried often, out. It all. It, yeah. Uh, a car, just like a muscle, if you don't drive them, they atrophy, and yeah. you'd have to go back and do everything. That said, that's got to be is, is just it, damn near I mean, the lowest mile ninety two Viper there. That's is. what I was going to say. Period. Yeah, end of story. Be, right. But still, at a at a buck ten, there go get a brand new Corvette, and then a family car. <laughs> and just make that, it yeah. happen. That's, I'm not yeah. arguing with you. You know, and you can find C8s in the 60s now if you go look on Auto Trader. Oh no, kidding! That's oh yeah, <laughs> it'll be a one LT and it'll have 10,000 miles on it. But who gives a crap? Yeah. Back in '93, a, uh, a company that my wife worked for, it was one of these young and upper company, you know, you know growing companies, and the owners were ex college boys and oh, ex frat boy. boys, and they got suddenly a ton of money. This is down in Las Colinas, uh, uh, Texas, and <laughs> this guy bought a Viper, brand spanking new. And, you know, no roll bar, the one that was without the top, the whole nine thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went flying down the highway, rolled that son of a gun, skidded for a while off the top. Yeah, he uh, he had to have a few skin grafts to cover yeah, that sure new, uh, <laughs> about that new spot, poor guy. Yeah. And uh, What people don't remember about those, the, the Viper is really one of the last analog uh, sports cars. Had no traction control, no ABS, no airbags, oh, no Jesus. exterior door handles, no AC, <laughs> no windows. They had yeah. side curtains. Yeah, wasn't it that kind of wraparound little thingy, front windshield thingy looking? Well, it had a windshield, and then it had kind of a hoop that served as a roll bar across the back. But everything else on the car, you're on your own, Jack. And if the weather turns bad, you're screwed. And you've got that <laughs> stupid fabric origami goddamn top that they came with, and that thing was a piece Which of Which is garbage. an afterthought anyway. Oh, yeah. And it does, it's not going to keep anything out. Big birds fly through those. <laughs> oh, and it, it really was the modern version of a Cobra. Yep. Yeah. That and was a whole cool idea, wasn't it? I've driven yeah. a 94 and had some fun in it. And I'm here to tell you, man, no traction control. Yeah, go ahead. Stick your foot in it when you're going through that corner. You want to see where you've been. It's crazy. <laughs> For how fat of tires the thing has on it, but it oh, is man, just it's, wild. It's got big, wide steamroller yeah. meats on it, and it'll swap ends in a heartbeat. Wow. And I know because I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and he had fun right after he prayed for his life. Yeah, no kidding. Well. <laughs> or right before, I should say. It, it, neither. You yeah, just whatever. you stomp both feet on the brake, and you think, I saw Jesus. So, <laughs> Hey, whether you're interested in electric vehicles or not, there's no denying the importance of the GMC Hummer EV. And Muscle Cars and Trucks tells us that uh, there may be one more Hummer in the pipeline. Uh, you know, the first electric pickup to be unveiled by GMC was done last year during the Super Bowl. Now GMC has also been working on an electric SUV. Uh, it will look, it will fly under the Hummer flag. 
Detroit Free Press has confirmed that it will make its global debut in February. The Hummer EV SUV could be revealed during this year's Super Bowl, or the 2021 Super Bowl. According to the publication, dealers within GMC Network have been told the Hummer EV SUV is slated to arrive during the second month of 2021. Early teaser images of the GMC Hummer EV SUV, say that four times fast, (laughs) highlighted a full-size spare mounted on the tailgate. Interesting. Hmm. Production Hummer EV SUVs are not likely to be far behind the pickup production. Production of the pickup models are slated to begin with the Edition 1 models uh, in fall 2021, though some trim levels won't begin construction until 2023. I don't understand why the delay there. I don't get that. But uh, That seems I, like a huge delay. I have had to spend a little bit of time you know, with the, the new job working for GM Authority trying to catch up on what the Hummer's going to be. I want to drive one. They look intriguing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to buy one. It's a yeah. six-figure truck. Yeah. Six figures. You know, how many different things would you do with six figures? A lot. Porsche crap. Yep. Oh, my God, oh, so many. I'd oh, have a fleet yeah, yeah. of crap cars yeah, yeah, that yeah. I would love. Yeah. Uh, I'd have an air-cooled 911 in a heartbeat. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> Not a Hummer. <laughs> <laughs> Although it looks kind of neat, but not enough yeah. to want to buy one. Want to drive it, don't want to own it. Right. Well, from Motor Authority, SSC claimed to set the new land speed record for the production car in October with its Tuatara supercar, hitting a two-way average of 316.11. Yeah, sure and, they did. Yeah, miles per hour. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, issues with the run and how it was measured uh, promptly prompted the company's CEO, Jared Shelby, to abandon this claim soon thereafter, but he promised to make the run again it didn't go as planned no nope. speed record so far has <laughs> no. been set with the tuatara no. yeah no so uh last wednesday a video was posted on youtube uh detailing the uh the ssc tuatara's december what 12th uh, 13th record attempt yeah just a couple weeks back yeah and the uh, the ssc um team ran the new record attempt at the nasa runway in florida which is the same runway that hennessy performance has done like their their venom gt and i think they're gonna do their new one there too um for this record attempt though the ssc team put a gps redundancies in place sure for satellite tracking so they had two of those race logic systems uh including the v box and an oem system a uh, a life racing tracking system and three garmin systems Dang. all installed in tuatara you know i wonder if everything else would have went okay and they wouldn't have quite made it could they have claimed that they were weighted down with too much equipment yeah we had 700 pounds worth of electronic crap in a car and we still did 300 miles an radio hour. waves pushing me back <laughs> so some of the systems were installed on the roof of the car and some were placed in the front trunk frunk i'm not going to say that word <laughs> I like saying I like I saying it because that's the sound it makes when you shut the lid. Frunk. <laughs> okay. The later posed an issue due to the wires running out of the hood of the car, which caused the hood to keep popping up during high speed runs over 200 miles an hour. Oh uh, yeah, that's not scary at all. Yeah, the Tuatara did hit 251.2 miles an hour before the halfway point, which that seems like it was really picking up speed, but the run was aborted. Because it wasn't going right, apparently. Uh-huh. So um, uh-huh. go ahead, get to the. It wasn't line. quite building speed after that. Uh, the SSE team realized that two of their cylinders had lost power. They did two fifty one on lip mode. Down two, <laughs> on, oh down two cylinders on lip yeah. mode, baby. Down two cylinders. It still did over two hundred and fifty miles. I'm not going to let you go any faster. <laughs> Obviously, the regular tent was over at that point uh, because the, because the two cylinders not firing properly. So SSU plans to run the regular attempt again yeah, at the NASA runway in January, according to Mitchell. They so got to duct tape that front. We, we will have uh, some links and uh, you gonna have a link to that video as well. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, cool. Let's do so that. We'll have that on the on the Dream Radio. Hey, in just a minute, we'll have our returning special guest, John Craman. Always good to talk to John. Johnny! Yes, it is. He's the director of company relations and lead TV commentator and analyst for Meekum Auctions on NBC Sportsnet. He'll be here to tell us how Meekum's monster event, Kissimmee, is shaping up for January, all the cool stuff they have. I know I touched on some of it, but man, they've got a laundry list of great stuff coming up. All that and much more is coming on Driven Radio.
Welcome back to Driven Radio, the sweetest smelling podcast on the web. Our returning guest this week is a lifelong car aficionado, muscle car expert, and consignment director for Meekum Auctions, Mr. John Craman. He is also the commentator for Meekum on NBC Sports Network, broadcasting over 200 years of coverage every year. John is getting ready for Meekum's biggest sale of the year in Kissimmee, Florida. John, welcome back to Driven Radio. Howdy, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. A lot uh, a lot happened in 2020, and uh, fingers crossed, a lot going to be happening for 2021. So yes, sir. Thanks I, for having me. You want to talk about that? For, well, hang on a second. Let's get to the really important stuff first. <laughs> How are you liking your new Corvette? Well, it's been a long way. Thanks for asking. Uh, I was at the Reveal in Tustin, California, all the way back in July of 19. Katie Osborne, who's on our show with us, and I uh, both were able to get the coveted press passes to get in and see the reveal and lifelong Corvette nut here, but the, I, I wasn't expecting the impact that it had on me. And uh, so anyway, about a month later, August of 2019, I decided to order one. They've got a really good configurator online and uh, ordered one and uh, was built December 4th, which was a Friday um, of 2020. So that's 16 months later. And uh, the VIN is uh, sequence is eighteen three fifty, so it's a late twenty twenty build, which is very desirable, by the way. And I've only put two hundred miles on it. The snow's on the ground now up here in northern Illinois, <laughs> oh, so it's no. tucked away. But I just have to tell you guys, it totally. It's, I've had very high expectations for the styling and the refinement and the overall feel of the car, uh, the, the way the dual clutch transmission works, everything from people that I've talked to that have had a lot of time in it, and it's it's gone way beyond my expectations. Just a shame I got to tuck it away with 200 miles on it. So love the car. So proud. But that's so cool. Okay, I'm wrangling a ride out of you eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. As soon as the snow clears, that'll be about April or May. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) No kidding. So if you could give us uh, just a minute, how is the collector car market now? Uh, what is uh, what are you seeing in the market? What is Meekum seeing? Tell us about your year. Well, that's really maybe the most surprising thing about this bizarre year that we've all had to experience. Um, we started out strong uh, with Kissimmee last year, another record event. And of course, uh, so many high-profile cars typically come to the world's largest collector car auction, which is Kissimmee in January by Meekum. Uh, and we hadn't heard of this virus yet, so we had a very strong event there. We had a good Las Vegas motorcycle auction, which were the world's largest seller of those as well. We went into Glendale, California, which is uh, or uh, Glendale, Arizona, which is the Phoenix area in March. Excellent results with all those. That's when we started hearing about the pandemic. So we had to adjust. We had to pivot. We had to cancel some events and reschedule some events. Fast forward to today. Since we reopened again in June and ran auctions all the way through uh, December, that was 10 auctions. We did over $150 million in sales just of those 10 Jeez. auctions alone. Went it up with around $350 million in sales for the year. Tells us two things. Number one, interest in collector cars is as high as it's ever been. People are still buying and selling collector cars in great quantity. We're not the only ones experiencing that, by the way. This is an industry trend. Uh, we're just fortunate enough to be able to put all the pieces together, guys, to be able to hold a combination of our typical live televised auctions and also increase our level of internet bidding as well. It was that one-two punch is what uh, kept our nose and heads above water this whole crazy year. Just just crazy. $350 million, That's remarkable. That's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, it is. We're proud. And with this year's, or uh, next year's, 2021, just right after the first of the year, with uh, the coming Kissimmee sale, uh, you've got lots of really amazing stuff on offer. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked to Peter Clute about Carol Shelby's personal 427 Cobra, but you've got a lot of other significant Shelbys that are going to be there. It looks like there are three significant 65 GT350s. Another 64289 Cobra, another uh, 67427 Cobra. You tell us about all this good stuff? Yeah, it's just, it's unbelievable. You know, obviously, I think the success last year, which is now 2020, the success of the sale of the uh, Bullet Mustang and then backing that up with the 
uh, one of two prototype GT350Rs, the famous flying Mustang, the Ken Miles driven car that dominated production yes. road racing from its inception in 65 all the way through the late 1960s. These cars, both bringing almost $4 million each at two separate auctions last year, has put a lot of attention on these cars. So not surprised at all to see that uh, Mecham Kissimmee 2021 has attracted just as stellar and star-studded of a field as we've ever seen. You mentioned Carol Shelby's personal 427 Cobra. I know you guys talked about that with Peter. But just as importantly, at least in my mind as a Mustang guy, um, we have what is regarded by a lot of people as the finest GT 350R 1965. 34 production cars were built. Two of those, uh, two plus two of the uh, prototype cars, but what is perhaps maybe the most original and best documented of all of the race-only GT350Rs is coming to auction there as well, in addition to you know so many of the other Shelbys you mentioned, over 20 Ferraris, both contemporary and vintage, 25 collections. I mean, we've got 3,000 cars running over 10 days, um, and it's business as usual in the Meekham environment. This is as strong of a lineup as we've ever had. I just wrote a piece about the 56 Chevrolet El Morocco uh, for GM Authority a couple weeks ago, and you've got it on sale. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that car and what makes it so significant? Yeah, you know, the story of the El Morocco is the guy who said, you know, I think there might be a market for a uh, Chevrolet that looks like a Cadillac. So he incorporated a lot of Cadillac elements on the 56 and 57 Chevys. Uh, they were all Bel Airs, very well optioned cars, uh, you know, V8 cars with automatics, power glides. And uh, really only a handful of those cars are built. Only a few remain today. And even though back in the day they were a poor man's Cadillac, the opposite is true today due to the collectability. And of course, <laughs> yes. the overall popularity of the shoebox Chevys, 55 through 57 Chevys. These represent the ultimate, the pinnacle. So, I mean, they're a couple hundred thousand dollar cars. We've had a few of them in the past. They always do really well. And, and um, you know, once again, there's another great example of the top tier level quality of cars that Meekum Kissimmee always attracts. Now, you mentioned some of the Ferraris you've got coming up. You've got a 72 uh, 365 uh, Daytona, a 67 330 GTC. But the one that really caught my eye was a 1952 340 America. There couldn't have been but a handful of those ever made. No, and I mean, millions and millions of dollars. I'm glad, Brett, you brought that one up because um, that particular car is going to be down there for sale as part of our um, part of our kind of a private stock sale collection where the car will actually be hand-sold. That particular Ferrari will not be crossing the block, but will be there on display and will be available for sale. And uh, fingers crossed that's going to go to a new home. If it does sell down there, um, that will uh, get put into our total overall auction sales. Mm -hmm. uh, but not going not gonna to cross the blocks. You're not going to see that one on television. There's so much uh, cool stuff that's on the docket for Kissimmee. Uh, I wish we had time to talk about all of them. There's a pair of 50s Mercedes 300 SLs, one ragtop yep. and one gullwing. Uh, you've got, uh, just for you, Mark, a 70 <laughs> Superbird Hemi. Bring it. My my favorite at the auction, my favorite. I'm in. Uh, the 1958 Dual Gia, a uh, super rare car and really neat to look at. Uh, the 63 Corvette split window Z06 NO3 tanker. You already answered the question. You beat me to the punch. Which the, which one of these would you take home for yourself? That Superbird? Well, you know, yeah, and here's why. I mean, first of all, I, I love white cars. Always have. My 64 GTO that I've owned since July of 76. Uh, all these years, I was 19 when I bought it. I still have it oh, today. That's white nice. cameo ivory. Something about a white car. But come on, it's it's would be considered to be the ultimate Superbird. It's a Hemi. And it's a four-speed with bucket seats. I mean, it just oh my God, is four speed. super cool. <laughs> but it's, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's, you know, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars to take that one home. So, yeah. but that one really, from, from a muscle car standpoint, that'd be my favorite. Oh. Sounds like it is Mark's too. Yeah, Mark should be happy. I gave him a super bird for Christmas. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hanging on my tree. Yeah, it's hanging on his tree. <laughs> uh, limelight, limelight green. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's my wife got me the same one. Uh -huh. There you go. Winner. Yay. Uh, earlier today, right before we went on, I got a press release about the, an extension to the Kissimmee event 
uh, was announced to include the additional offering of 200 cars and exclusive extensive memorabilia from Rick. Now, I'm going to butcher his name. Is it Trawargi? Trawargi, yeah. You got it. Pretty good. Uh, his collection in Muscle Car City. Tell us a little bit about that because I, I didn't have time to dig into it. Yeah, this is, you know, Mecham Kissimmee. Just when you think it can't get any better, it does. And let me break it down. Punta Gorda, Florida uh, is uh, Muscle Car City in a strip mall there is absolutely no over-exaggeration. The finest collection of General Motors high-performance cars ever. Over 200 cars, all GM, very heavy on Chevrolets and very heavy on high-performance Camaros, Chevelles, and Corvettes. Rick has assembled this group of cars over about 15 years. It is available to be looked at. This is a museum. You can tour it. It's like twelve ninety five to get in. Uh, it's going to be open for folks in the area or want to go over there and just look at the cars. It's twelve ninety five to get in. There's a lot of great memorabilia as well. And literally following the weekend after Kissimmee, Kissimmee runs January 7th through the 17th, 10 days. But the following weekend, which is January 22nd and 23rd, two days, everything is selling to the walls at no reserve. All the cars, all the memorabilia, everything, everything else. Bidders can go right from Kissimmee, wow. right directly wow. over on the other side of the state, right over there to the uh, Gulf Coast side of the state, to Punta Gorda, Florida, and have a chance to obtain some of the finest high-performance Chevrolets you will ever see. It's unbelievable. Ooh. Lots of information now at the website, Meekum.com, for those that want to take a look at it. I'm going to have to talk to my mortgage banker. Oh, he likes cars. There, there's a lot of cool stuff over there. And I, I, like I said, I just got a chance to glance at the pictures. I didn't really dig into it. Yeah. But there was tons of stuff. I'll take Dad with me. He's got that bring a trailer itch. We'll take him down there. <laughs> uh, we've been speaking with John Craman, Director of Company Relations and Lead TV Commentator and Analyst for Meekum Auctions on NBC Sportsnet. Uh, you can find all of the social media links for John, Meekum Auctions, and NBC Sportsnet on readthedriven.com. John, as always, thanks for being with us. And God, I want to get my butt to Florida. This sounds amazing. Well, we're, you know, needless to say, we're all, you know, dealing with this crazy 2020. And Mecham Kissimmee is a bright spot for those of us in the Midwest. You can relate oh, yeah. to that. I'm up in northern northern Illinois. It is a ritual. It's a wintertime ritual to be able to get down there and just be surrounded with so many great cars and car people. And as always, it's just so much of a pleasure to hang with you guys and, and uh, you know, talk cars. That's what it's all about. John, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. And, uh, hey, have a good time in Florida. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Be safe, everybody. Welcome back to Driven Radio. Our special guest this week is Jeff Thisted. Jeff has been a car guy from the jump. He was raised in Colorado, and it, this this is such a cool story, but so interesting. He went to Hollywood because he wanted to be America's favorite TV game show host. That's awesome. All right. You asked about that early, and this is as silly as it gets. I got that from uh, the Hot for Teacher video at the very end. It tells what Eddie and Alex and Michael Anthony all went on to do and what did David Lee Roth go on to do? He went to Hollywood to become America's favorite TV game. Oh, show. Lord. That's the idiot that I am. I live my life off the TV. Uh, we're we're going to get into that. Uh, Jeff was a production assistant and production coordinator on multiple game shows, and for seven years he was the production coordinator on The Price is Right. He worked with Bob Barker, Andrew oh, Carey. Cool. He hosted Quiz Nation and 100 Winners, both on G on Game Show Network. Jeff is also the host of the Hot Rod Power Tour, the Carcraft Summer Nationals, Carcraft Midnight Drags, the F-Body Nationals, the C-10 Nationals. Jeff's a car guy. Yeah. He's one of us. Yeah. And, like and, and that's good because like we kind of smell our own. There you go. Uh, he's reviewed countless cars for autotrader.com and wheels tv and so much more if we read it all there's not going to be time for the interview jeff welcome to driven radio <laughs> thanks so much for having me, you guys it's a pleasure to be here game shows dude really <laughs> i'll listen to you yeah, that's so awesome 
they're fun. You give stuff away. Yeah. Uh, it's like you, you need a beginning and an end. So it's like as long as you can get there, the right cog in the wheel. It's like you're not the star of the show. You make the contestants the star. You have a good time. It was so much fun while I was there. Oh, I bet. I, I can only imagine. So what's the difference between working with Bob Barker and working with Drew Carey? Oh, geez. All right. In, in my opinion, uh, the difference between Barker and Drew Carey is Barker is uh, a, a host. He's the ultimate professional, uh, a trained MC. He's the world's greatest master of ceremonies. Uh, and Drew Carey is in like, no, no, he's a comedian. Uh, doesn't want to be a host. Uh, doesn't really care. Uh, he's just there and he gets a, a big fat paycheck and is stoked about it. <laughs> he's the most generous guy I've ever met. He gave us all phones when we first, when, when he first came on, he bought the entire staff, uh, the, the new iPhones when they first came out. Wow. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Most generous guy I've ever met. Um, but he's a comedian, super funny. Uh, but I mean, Barker is a host. So Barker is a, uh, is a host and a consummate guy. And, and you kind of get fellas. that feel watching him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, oh, when sure. I was a kid, I loved watching him. Now, of course, my question runs to the more purient side. Come on, uh, Jeff. Barker's beauties. Huh? <laughs> uh? Yeah. Careful what you wished for. <laughs> I'm serious. If you look it up online, I, I wrote a book about it. I'm still looking for a I can't self-publish it. She'll sue the pants off of me. Yeah. Uh, yeah I married Barker's beauty. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, are you still is that the is that the oh no no, no that didn't even last a year oh damn okay yeah fair so enough and, and jeff learned a new word it's prenup <laughs> oh geez and there goes my five thousand dollar kitchen <laughs> here went my fifty thousand dollar water ski boat oh wow Oh, all the lawyers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and on the happier times. <laughs> uh, let's skate away from that. Yeah, How'd you that make one. the transition from hosting uh, game shows to hosting car events and shows and stuff like that? Well, I had always be, be, I've always wanted to be a game show host. I, I love cars as well. And uh, towards the end of Barker's run, he, he Barker announced his retirement. So we had a bunch of hosts come in, and I got to play games with them i was a a fake contestant for them so they could run through the show <laughs> and get comfortable uh with the whole process and everything one of them was todd newton and todd was doing um whammy the new pressure luck for game show network so I, I asked todd and todd's like you know you don't want to have there was this thing on craigslist about some sort of game show thing on gsn and todd told me you don't have anything to do with that jeff you got the perfect gig here and like you're right buddy but i kind of want to be a host he's like oh yeah you're right hang on so Todd got me an audition there, and then I hosted my own two game shows on GSN uh, for a little while. And then uh, it was on my birthday. I forget what year it was, but it was on my birthday. I'm in the green room eating my Carl's Jr. hamburger that I had before every show. <laughs> and Mike Schwartz, and I, I love him to death. I, I, I'm not calling him out to be mean by any ways, but I remember sitting in the green room, and he, it was on my birthday. And he's like, ah, oh, Jeff, it's a shame the show got canceled. I'm like, ah, oh, Schwartzy, you're up. You're just funny as can be making fun with me on my birthday. He's like, wait, you didn't hear? Like, oh, you're the funniest. Keep on going with the gag. He's like, oh, shit. And he walked out of the room. Like, <laughs> oh, wait. So I walked up the stairs to see the producer, the executive producer. She's like, oh, yeah, uh, we had a little meeting before you got here that the, the show's been canceled. And uh, Halloween's the last day. And then I, we had an earbud during the show. It was a live interactive show. And I remember I kept on getting yelled at, Jeff, you don't seem to have a, a lot of energy on the show. Well, you just canceled the show. <laughs> you just canceled my show. So what do you expect? So I was like, what are you going to do? But that's, oh. uh, I did my own game shows there. And then um, I did some auto show stuff. I was a product specialist for Chevrolet. So I was the idiot on the microphone for, uh, like, if you saw the truck at the Detroit Auto Show, LA, New York, Chicago Auto Shows, that kind of stuff for the Great State Fair of Texas. I was there with the trucks. Uh, and Camaros. And I did that for a while. Then a friend of mine called me while I was out on the road and uh, asked me about, uh, hey, would you be interested in, in co-hosting the, the Hot Rod Power Tour with me? I was like, well, how, how much do I have to pay? It's like, we'll pay you, you idiot. It's like, don't you pay me to come and host the Hot Rod Dude. Power Tour? Are you out of your mind? This is, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. And since then, I've been uh, Hot Rod, like, uh, yeah, all the shows that you mentioned, uh, they are my car family. So this, 
this 2020 with uh, with no traveling has been killing me. Oh, I bet. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, yeah. and sure. I, I get that. Uh, I work for Sports Car Market as an auction analyst. And yeah. uh, 2019, I was in a different city every month for a different auction. This year, I've left the house three times. And right? In total, not even for auctions. I mean, yeah, just at all. that's it, three times. One of them was this morning. I had to go to UPS. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I get missing being on the road and doing the events, all that stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing for you, it's to the next order of magnitude. So do you think oh, in 2021 we'll get to go back to doing all our favorite stuff? You know, hot rod. I honestly don't know. My my fingers are crossed. It's like the uh, I do a lot of the good guys. Uh, their autocross and awards ceremony from you know, Tim Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timmy Strange. Timmy usually does from te- uh, east of Texas, and I do Texas uh, all the West Coast events. Uh, so the good guys first show is uh, is in Dallas Fort Worth at the Texas Motor Speedway, and then from there I'm supposed to go to Scottsdale, and those are early March shows. So. My fingers are crossed, but I don't know. I've heard that uh, there's already one show that I, I, I saw online that, that uh, in April that's been canceled. So mm. uh, I know the vaccine is out. So my fingers are crossed. We had a great show with the good guys in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona last month. I think it was like November 19th, 2021. And uh, we had, I know the, the, the sheriff was there, the, the city inspectors. And I think we had over a 95% compliance rate. Everybody was all masked up the whole time. Um, so I'm hoping that we'll get the green light for uh, for this coming year. My my fingers are crossed. Oh, you, Amen. You and I both. So let's talk about something you do have a little bit more control over. You've got a really cool website called idriveof55.com. Uh, tell yep. us about the website and the car you drive, and uh, what is it about that car that attracted you? I I, I like wagons for some odd reason i had a corvette that was my first kind of hot rod was a 69 corvette and it didn't i couldn't put my skateboard in it 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 didn't fit or my my skateboard my helmet or any of that stuff nothing with my water (laughs) ski nothing fits in the corvette it looks really cool uh yeah i had a polystation wagon i got it in venice california with three quarters of an inch brushed on house paint got it for (laughs) six hundred bucks put in a big block yeah but it was a rust bucket Um, I got rid of that and I got a blazer and then I got married to the Barker's beauty and I got rid of the blazer and the vet just wasn't work. It it wasn't, uh, it had run its course. I love the court, the red, the the Corvette. It had run its course. So I was looking for another car and I figured a a tri five Chevy or, uh, uh, either a 66 or a 70 Chevelle. And then I figured, well, maybe a, a station wagon. And that's when I used to think that all, all, uh, 55 Chevys were nomads or all 55 wagons were nomads. And everybody tells me, Oh, it's a nice nomad. It's not a nomad. It's a 210. <laughs> uh, so it's like, I started looking around for the, the tri five station wagon. I found it online. Uh, I bought it on eBay. Uh, when I first got it, it had a you know, little small block with a carburetor and a turbo three fifty behind it. Uh-huh. And uh, it had these old wheels on it. I changed out the wheels immediately to American racing wheels. And then I kind of made it into a, a driver and that's what I did with the old blazer that I had. I, I love to drive my cars. And th- that's kind of why I was giving you a hard time because um, uh, I used to work at the Playboy Mansion and I had the, the opportunity to meet. You've heard of Mel Wait, 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 wait. You buried the lead here, Jeff. <laughs> I, well, we'll go, we can get back to the mansion. We got to keep on the subject of cars. You know, Mel Blank, right? Mel Blank does the voice of Bugs Bunny. And Absolutely. Uh, so Mel Blank's son, Noel, was a friend of the mansion. He'd be up there all the time. And Noel had, I got the, he, he had a garage up in Beverly Hills with 10 to 15 cars, bunch of Ferraris and hot rods. And some of them were over restored and he didn't drive them. And he, when he was getting ready to sell them, I was up there and it's like, he's like, you know, I would drive the shit out of, I would drive the stink out of it. It was a Ferrari. Uh, You can say shit. It's all right. (laughs) Okay. We're good. I would drive the shit out of this. Noel. it's a 365 (laughs) GTB for Daytona spider an original spider, not a coupe that they cut the top off a real spider. And one of my, one of my pipe dream cars. And he's like, you couldn't drive this Jeff. It would depreciate in value. I'm like value schmal you. If I had the means and bought this car from you, there would be black stripes out your driveway down the street. Yeah, what are you doing? Like, Saving I, it for the next guy? 
exactly it's like saving your girlfriend or your wife for the next guy it's like i want to drive it i want to enjoy it i want to hear it and, yeah, you jeff know, wants to put some miles on the girls exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i got the old wagon and been building up the wagon for a while and uh, i drive the wheels off it and so one of my friends told me that i go to all these uh, car shows and all these events that a lot of people don't get to go to and i should write a blog i'm like oh blog smug that's really silly and then finally i got enough pictures and enough stories like well i guess you're right and i should have done this a long time ago so i've been writing about some of my stories that i go to and some of the places i go to i love national parks and uh, like those old neon signs at the motels yeah so every place i go to in the new cities i try to find some of those and bring the car out in front of them and uh, yeah i made a i I, uh, created a book i drive a 55 yeah same as the the website and uh sold some copies late last year and yeah it's good fun you said that thing started out with a small block. What's in there now? Okay, so I got the. I think it was last last year. Uh, I got a little bonus. My com- a commercial got renewed. So I asked a friend of mine before I could get it out of my mouth. He said LS. <laughs> but, you, you drive the car. You, you might as well LS it. The three the small blocks treat you well, but it's got a little oil leak right now. And if you go through it and, and fix the oil leak and go to a machine shop and da 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 da. You're pretty much at LS it. Like, okay. So that kind of started it. And then the the wheels got rolling. And I got Holly on board and comp cams on board. And uh, a friend of mine called me up. I said, I hear you're building an engine. Uh, what's your budget? I'm like, you're not you're not spending my budget. So you know <laughs> Tori Tori DeBlot, Tori sent me out a forged crankshaft. So now it's a four oh eight stroker with a forged pistons rods and a, and a crankshaft with a 250 shot of nitrous on it. Oh, no. uh, it's, it's a, it surprises a, a lot of BMWs and Ford Mustangs. Yeah. I'm guessing that thing runs a little bit more than it did with the small block in it. Yeah. 210, 211, whatever it takes. It's, yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. and, and get this, I was coming uh when I came from Idaho uh, down into Wyoming earlier this year, I got over 20 miles per gallon. And for some car people, that's not a big deal. But for hot rodders, I think that's in a, in a tri five shoebox. Yeah. yeah, right. With an LS. a big fat station wagon. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. I think. So you've got pictures of you and the fifty five on the website, and they're great yeah. shots from all over everywhere. There's even some that have a little bit of snow in the background. Has there ever been some kind of weather you looked at and you said, "Nah, I don't think I'm going to do that." No weather. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh, the first time I ever got, so I went from uh, the good guys in Texas and I was driving to their Scottsdale show a few years ago. And after uh, Tucumcari, New Mexico, I drove mm-hmm. in a flagstaff the next, the, that night. I stayed in a parking lot. I woke up to, my, my car was covered in snow. Oh. And it had never been in snow before. And the car had been up to Pikes Peak. It's been on high elevations. And uh, everybody thinks flagstaff because it's in Arizona. It's not an elevation. I think it's over 7,000 feet. Yeah. So, Anyways, there was some snow, and I, it was the first time I had driven it in the snow. And it was really no big deal. I grew up driving in Colorado and whatnot. But coming down, I don't even know what – I think it's Highway 17 going into Phoenix. There was – it wasn't uh, uh, plowed, and it was snowy. There was a semi that I was passing, and the, the snow went from two lanes to around a corner into one lane – and the car started swerving side to side. It's like, oh, geez, I'm done. I got it. <laughs> around the semi. And <laughs> but, yeah, I don't care if it's raining or snowing or sleeting or whatever. I, uh, butterfly uh, migrations in Yuma, Arizona. The car was covered in butterfly oh, yeah. blood. <laughs> I drive it. It's a, it's a filthy pig, but I, I, love my, I love my filthy pig. I love it. <laughs> you know, you go to a lot of stunning, iconic locales, and you do – you shoot some fantastic images. Are you doing oh, all your you. own photography? Yeah. With the except there's uh, I think one or two of the shots on my website, or they used to be, uh, it has me in the car. So uh, my buddy bong took those shots, uh, a couple of rolling shots. He, he's a, he, he's like, how much do I owe you? And it's like, Oh, Jeff, these are stills. They're free. That, that's easy. The videos where the money's at like, Ooh, okay. Good to know my friend <laughs> from, from working on the prices, right. And, and working around camera operators for a while, I've, uh, I'm inquisitive and I pick their brain. So I've learned a little bit and I've got uh, uh, a little Sony mirrorless camera that I oh, use, yeah. but I just got the, uh, the iPhone uh, 12 pro, which is 
pretty. I haven't really played with the camera on it yet, so uh, I'm sort of looking forward to doing that. But yeah, I got a real Sony. It's kind of fun. Over the last five years doing stuff for your website, how many miles do you think you've covered? Uh, not 50,000, but uh, close. Wow. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, that's quite a bit, yeah. Not uh, so bad in an old car. So at least yeah. I, I practice what I preach. It's like I always say go out and drive. What do you do with your car? It's like, that's why people in uh, in Detroit, the Motor City, would hate it when I would call Southern California the car capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in the Motor City. You may be in the Motor City, but what would you drive today? Where's your hot rod? Oh, it's in the garage. Exactly. Yeah. That's why Southern <laughs> California is the car capital of the world. You can drive your hot rod 360 days out of the year. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So this is always my favorite question. I I, oh, I always look forward to this one. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, shit, man. What's he going to ask now? Such a right? nice doctor visit. Uh, I, I always look forward to doing this question with everybody. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? I always like the long pause. That long means he's got a good oh, list. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. What the do I want to in trouble? Yeah. The, the dumb, uh, when I, I had that Corvette and it was the, uh, it was the star car on this TV show. And I met this cute girl on the TV show and we, we met up somewhere and she had someone in town. Someone in town wanted to ride in the car and I remember I took him on a ride that I probably shouldn't have and uh, spun the car and bad thing, really bad things could have happened. And no, nothing did. There was a, a clear road. Uh, everything worked out. But I, I look back on that here and there. And it's like that was that, that could have turned out 180 <laughs> yeah. degrees. Really, really bad. So, um, so I'm glad personal injury notwithstanding, you got really close to cracking up a star car for a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> to impress the friend of a chick. I mean, you know, well, who wouldn't? Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. For, yeah, the things we do for girls, right? Yeah. I, think I, I think I may have been guilty of doing similar crap in one of my Corvettes. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Yeah. One of your Corvettes. Listen to you. Yeah. I, I've had six. But the, there you go, the one that uh the one that I've got is the one that I've I got first. When I turned 18, or not when I turned 18, when I was 18, for high school graduation, I got a 1960 Corvette. It's red For graduation, you got a Corvette. It, well, yeah, there's no there's a really good story behind this. <laughs> you can't you can't hear hear that on. Thank the, you. You can't uh, see on, that. On good. Yeah. yeah. No, I can. I can. I can see it. <laughs> oh my but here's, god. Here's what happens. I had a Camaro in high school. I got a dump truck load of tickets in the thing, and I paid them off, and I didn't tell my dad about them. <laughs> And that car was insured through a company he owned. So he didn't hear about it until he called the insurance agent saying, hey, I'm going to get the kid a new car for graduation because the one he's got is pretty well dead. And the insurance, he told the insurance agent what kind of car I was looking at. It was, you know, it was an RX-7. It was not, it it was a very nice car, but, you know, it wouldn't buy me a Ferrari or anything like that. I know, right? He called the insurance agent. The insurance agent told my dad, you know, for what it's going to cost to insure the kid on that, you may as well get him a Corvette. And dad had this sitting in a in a, a storage building and hadn't been driven in several years. And he instantly thinks, wow, I can save the price of the stupid RX-7. I'll just let him drive <laughs> that. i just have the leftover. I, I don't think he thought that yeah. I was going to keep it for the rest of my life. <laughs> but, do you still have it? Yeah, I do. Okay, good for you. And that's uh, the sixty didn't have the the uh, the different color cove in it. It's red with a white cove and a red interior. Nice, what and, a cream puff! That's and, awesome. And it has fifty five thousand miles on it, and all the numbers match. And for years and years, I did what you said you shouldn't do. I I saved the thing. I didn't drive it. I didn't take it out. You know, I didn't. And a buddy of mine said to me one time, "What the hell are you doing? Saving it for the next guy? Enjoy it. You only go around once." Yep. Exactly. And yep. Uh, about 10 years ago, I started driving it and I've put 11,000 miles on it in the last 10 years when the opportunity allows. And when it does, I drive the hell out of that car. It makes you grin ear to ear, doesn't it? Every time. (laughs) Every time. Every time. You can't help it. Every single time. In fact, just last week we used it. Uh, my wife and I dressed up as Santa and Mrs. Claus and used it to take, uh, gifts to kids in need. So that's fantastic. Did you get pictures? Yeah, we did. Oh yeah. 
yeah, that's fantastic. Did. I love it. I love it. So really, really cool. Jeff, thank you so very much for being with us. We've been speaking to car guy extraordinaire, Jeff Thisted. You can find all of Jeff's social media links and websites on readthedriven.com. We can't thank you enough for uh, being with us and for putting up with the technical difficulties, getting things rolling. Uh, man, I'm glad to have you on and, and, and keep flipping me crap online. I don't care. <laughs> oh, you got to keep keep on writing it. I'll keep on dishing it out. Oh. So, yeah, I appreciate you being a good sport. Thanks so oh, there, much. There will be a couple more articles tomorrow. Go ahead. Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I subscribe to GM Authority. I, I, yeah, I got to keep up. Jeff, thanks so much, pal. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. We'll see you around. Hey, everybody listening, honest to God, thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do. We wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen on, here we go, kids, <laughs> iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Pod News, iHeartRadio, Acast, Overcast, Undercast, Bcast, Cast and, re- and Retrieve, <laughs> <laughs> Catch and Release. <laughs> early release we don't care just listen <laughs> all of us are hoping for early release <laughs> and uh, everywhere fine podcasts are heard i am brett hatfield for Corey pratt and catfish groves thank you for listening and we'll see you next time here on driven radio